You're listening to episode number three of the Oral Surgery Success Podcast. I am your host, Russell Kirk. If you're new here, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I want to focus in this episode, I, I want to answer a question. Uh, I answered this question for a dental colleague the other day. It was a specific question about an upper third molar case that he was looking at. And these third molars, I'm going to describe this because, again, we're working in audio and not not video. So I'm going to do my best to explain this. So you think about number one and number 16. They're both mesial angled. They're pretty acute angles. The occlusal surface of these third molars are basically touching the distal CEJ of the second molars. The roots are laying in a position just below the sinus floor. The question was, in this particular case, how do I access that tooth? How do I remove the bone over the buccal aspect of that third molar or these third molars and get these things out? What instruments, What? how do you approach this? So I'm going to go through my step-by-step. -step. And I covered a little bit about this soft tissue flap design in the last episode, but I'll, I'll revisit it here. Once I've obtained local anesthesia, whether the patient's sedated or not, whatever the case may be, that's irrelevant to the, the conversation at hand. So I'll numb the patient up. Once we get local anesthesia on board, I will use a 15 blade and I'll do a crestal incision over the tuberosity up to the distal aspect of the second molar. I'll go around the neck of the second molar in a succular fashion and I'll release the papillae between the first and second molar to give me some soft tissue release. I'll dissect and reflect the soft tissue flap with a number nine molt. I'll usually start with a pointed end and sometimes I'll flip it over and use the beaver tail to hold retraction until I can see what I need to see. Now, once you get this open in this case that we're talking about, it's covered, it's fully covered in bone. There's no visualization of the tooth itself. So you have to remove bone. One of the specifics of the question was, what do you use to remove bone? Most of the time, the bone is pretty thin over these impact third molars in the upper. Every once in a while, the tooth will be positioned more palatal and it'll be thicker and you'll have to use a handpiece. So that is definitely an option. You can use a handpiece with a big round burr on it to remove and create a window on the bone where you can access the tooth itself. But sometimes you can just use hand instruments. Now, one of my favorite hand instruments to use is a POTS elevator. I like that little curve and that little hook on it. A crier is also a possibility, and I've used criers because sometimes the pots won't fit in between uh, the teeth once you get the bone removed, so you'll have to use something a little sharper. But you can usually take a hand instrument, you can pop that buckle bone off that thin layer and open that window up to where you can visualize the tooth, and then you can start looking at what instrument you want to use to get the tooth out. The scenario that I've described to you, I would not use a 301 elevator or a 34 elevator because I feel like I'm going to put too much apical pressure on the tooth and I could either push the instrument into the sinus or push the tooth into the sinus. And now we've got a whole different scenario we're going to have to deal with. So my whole thinking is how do I get this tooth to deliver to the buckle? That's my whole objective there. I want to deliver this tooth to the buckle aspect of the alveolus, not pushing apically with a straight elevator. And again, POTS elevator is my go-to. Once I open that window up uh, through the bone, you'll usually find some soft tissue follicle remnants, and you'll remove that, 
and then you can see the hard enamel. Try to find that space between the second and third molar. You can sometimes see it on x-ray. Sometimes it's hard as hell because the tooth is actually touching the second molar. The third molar is touching the second molar, and that creates a you know risk of damaging the second molar itself if it's not already damaged from resorption from the tooth touching it to begin with. Again, different story for a different day. But if you can get that POTS elevator in behind that tooth and roll it out, that's a win. Like I said, sometimes you can't get that blunted beak of the or tip of the POTS elevator in there, so you'll have to use a crier elevator because that got that little point, that little flag on it, and you can sneak that behind and, and usually rotate toward the buckle and rotate the tooth out. And that's how I do those type of cases. They can be hard as they can be hard as hell. They can be challenging because those teeth are high up. They're very apical to the second molar. If they're touching the second molar, then you got to, you know, have extra caution about not damaging that tooth. Then you've got the sinus you got to be concerned with. But my whole point is not pushing into the second molar itself and not pushing apical toward the sinuses to create a sinus perf or dislodge the tooth into the sinuses. That's my approach to that case. And that's what I do. If you have any questions about this, if you have any concepts that are different than what I'm talking about, certainly let me know. You know, like I say, you can use hand instruments, but sometimes you have to just pick up a handpiece. And I'm quick to pick up a handpiece. I'm not going to hesitate to do that. Pick it up early and often is my is my mantra when it comes to handpiece use and surgery. So you can use a handpiece to do that as well. If you have any questions that are different than these, suggestions, opinions, complaints, concerns, you, you can email me, russell at oralsurgerysuccess.com. That's russell at oralsurgerysuccess.com. Happy to take a look at those. If you are finding these episodes to be helpful, I wish you'd stick around and continue to listen to further episodes. I appreciate you doing so because your time's valuable. It's the most valuable thing that we both have. I've said that multiple times already. I look forward to talking to you in future episodes. If you continue to listen in, thanks for doing so. And if not, I appreciate you uh, taking time to listen to what you have so far. Thanks, guys. Have a great one.